0: Welcome to Destiny Spirit Church. This week's message is by our senior pastor, Donna Astern. Would you open your Bibles, please, to 1 Timothy 1? Tonight I'm talking to you about avoiding shipwreck. Yeah. 1 Timothy 1, verse 18. This command I entrust to you Timothy my son in accordance with the prophecies previously made concerning you that by them you fight the good fight keeping faith and a good conscience which some have rejected and suffered shipwreck in regard to their faith. They suffered shipwreck which is an interesting use of a term. It's an interesting term to regard to how these people wound up in their faith. You know they were doing well for a while. It's like The Galatians, where Paul said, You were running well, and who hindered you? They started out good because nobody intends to wind up in a shipwreck, right? They intend to go to their destination. And so they had a good start. And what he's telling Timothy here is, You need to hold on to your faith and hold on to a good conscience. And hold on is the idea of intentional, actively holding on, not getting passive about it, not being half-hearted, but the intention is fight the fight, hold on to your faith and your good conscience. And shipwreck faith comes when we have given up the fight, when we have let go of faith, and when we reject a good conscience. Mm-hmm. And so that's why it's so important that we hold on to faith, hold on to a good conscience, and fight the fight the fight of faith. Let's turn over to Acts twenty-seven and look at Paul's shipwreck experience and and see what kind of insights are there. In Acts twenty-seven, you know all these things were written for our instruction. You know, we can learn from how people behave in a shipwreck to see what's going on and draw some analogies to that with what happens with people's faith life that becomes shipwrecked sometimes. Acts 27 verse 1 When it was decided that we would sail for Italy, they proceeded to deliver Paul and some other prisoners to a centurion of the Augustan cohort named Julius. Now look down at verse 9 When considerable time had passed, and the voyage was now dangerous, since even the fast was already over, Paul began to acknowledge them and said to them, Men, I perceive that the voyage will certainly be with damage and great loss, not only of the cargo and the ship, but also of our lives. But the centurion was more persuaded than by the pilot and the captain of the ship than by what was being said to Paul. You know, he learned a lot, I'm sure, later on in the story. You can tell what the centurion decides that, well, Paul does have some insight on some things. But if a person ignores the spiritual perception of other people you know if if uh, you know if if a pastor or leader someone you know says to you you know I have a real caution a real flag about what you're doing you know we need to listen to that but instead you know they didn't listen to Paul because he wasn't a he wasn't a seaman right he was a tent maker. And so they're like, "Ah, you don't know what you're talking about, you don't know anything about the ocean. And so he knew from the captain, from the pilot, and said, these guys, they understand, you know, ships and travel and stuff a lot better than you, so I'm just going to believe what they have to say and not listen to you. And so they were trusting in themselves, they weren't trusting in the perception that, that Paul had and the warning that he gave them. You know, folks, You know, we need to learn to listen to words that will keep us out of trouble if there is some ins- warning or some instruction. Now look at verse 12. Because the harbor was not suitable for wintering, the majority reached a decision to put out to sea from there if somehow they could reach Phoenix, a harbor of Crete, facing southwest and northwest, and spend the winter there. So instead of staying where they were safe, where Paul said, we shouldn't go anywhere right now, it's going to be dangerous. Instead of staying, they decided, well, you know, we're not comfortable here. We don't like this harbor. This is not a place that, you know, we want to spend any more time. And so they wanted to pick up and they wanted to move and to look for something more comfortable. And so verse 13, when a moderate south wind came up, supposing that they had attained their purpose, they weighed anchor and began sailing along Crete. Close in shore. So when they first get going, it looks like it's going to be okay. Well, see, it was a good decision to go. You see, because things are working out. You know what? A lot of times that's what happens when the devil is trying to bring people to a point of shipwreck. He gets them to a place of where they're not listening to spiritual wisdom and instruction. They're trusting in themselves and then say, well, you know, it's not really a comfortable place you're in right now. So let's just go on. It'll be okay. It'll be okay. And then it looks like it's okay for a little while. For a little while, it looked like it was okay until it really began to get dangerous. Verse 14, but before very long, there rushed down from the land, a violent wind called Uraquilo. And when the ship was caught in it and could not face the wind, we gave way to it and let ourselves be driven along. You see, now they're in big trouble. Now the storm has taken over their circumstances. They didn't intend to, ha- to run into a storm, but they didn't listen to wisdom. So they found themselves right in the middle of a lot of trouble. And if they're in the ship in the middle of a storm, they got two choices. You could either let the storm drive you or you can throw down some anchors. I mean, that's the only choices you got, right? So they decided to let themselves be driven along. And you know, a lot of people, they do that in their faith walk. They let go of spiritual wisdom. They let go of a good conscience. And they just they get caught up in a violent storm of life and just decide to just, they just forget everything they knew, forget everything they learned, and just go and just let it do whatever it wants to do, and maybe we'll all survive, right? Now, look at verse 18. The next day, as we were being violently storm-tossed, they began to jettison the cargo. And on the third day, they threw the ship's tackle overboard with their own hands. When people get in a violent storm-type situation, they start getting rid of the very stuff that got, that they were supposed to carry with them. You know, the reason the ship was going was to take the people and the cargo somewhere, right? Well, now they start throwing things out. Lots of times when people start getting in a, in a tough place in life, they start throwing out things that are very good for them. They start throwing out their spiritual food. They start throwing out their friendships, start throwing out, you know, some people they jettison a husband or they jettison a house or whatever. They get just to get rid of anything and everything to make their way less cumbersome. And people tend to make rash and desperate choices. Verse 20, Since neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and no small storm was assailing us, from then on, all our hope of being saved was gradually abandoned. You know, this story always amazes me because this was like two weeks. This was a long time of being in a difficult spot. And so they finally got to the point to where they didn't think they were going to make it at all. Look at it, verse 29. Fearing that we might run aground somewhere on the rocks, they cast four anchors from the stern and wished for daybreak. But as the sailors were trying to escape from the ship and had let down the ship's boat into the sea on the pretense of intending to lay out anchors from the bow, Paul said to the centurion and to the soldiers, Unless these men remain in the ship, you yourselves cannot be saved. Do you know that when people get in desperate situations, that they start getting rid of everything that's been good in their life, and then they start every man for himself. But every man for himself is not going to allow him to survive. You know, isn't that what happens a lot of times we find ourselves going through a difficult spot and we're feeling a lot of pressure from life and things going on, we we tend to start avoiding people and avoiding the things that we really need that can bring support and encouragement in our lives. Every man for himself, he said, if if they don't stay, then they're not going to be saved. He says, nobody will survive if everybody isn't hanging there together. And, folks, you know what? A, a church community, this is where we are to pull in together. And when one person is suffering, we pull in together. And we're not, you know, everybody run off and be all isolated by themselves. And no matter what kind of difficulty you're in, you can find comfort and support in the center of the flock with everybody else. Look at verse 39. When day came, they could not recognize the land, but they did observe a bay with a beach, and they resolved to drive the ship onto it if they could. And casting off the anchors, they left them in the sea, while at the same time they were loosening the ropes of the rudders and hoisting the foresail to the wind, they were heading for the beach. But striking a reef where two seas met, they ran the vessel aground, and the prow stuck fast and remained immovable. But the stern began to be broken up by the force of the waves. The ship and all the cargo were lost because they ignored Paul's warning. You know, and Paul is warning Timothy, don't let your faith get shipwrecked. Hold on with both hands. Hold on to a clear conscience and hold on to faith so that you also are not shipwrecked. Because what happened? These guys survived, but that's all they did was survive. That's all they did was survive. They didn't have anything else to show for it. Do you know what? God doesn't want us to just survive. He wants us to get through and to learn our lessons but to overcome. And he wants us to hold on in faith. And when we get in hard times, you know, a lot of times it's just like every man for himself. I don't believe in that stuff anymore. And Paul says, hold on. Hold on so that you don't shipwreck your faith because you might need that ship again later on. See, they didn't get any more use for it out after this, right? The waves tore it apart. Anchors for your faith. I notice here that in verse 40, they just cast off the anchors. They're just like, well, it's not working. We got rid of everything. Well, we don't need those anymore either. So they just threw everything away. And you know what? We have, we've got anchors to keep us, to keep our faith, to keep our, our ourselves moving forward and being strong in the things of God. And we need to not cast off the anchors that we've been given. But to hold on fast to those things to get us through every storm that we're facing. A shipwrecked faith comes from letting go of faith, rejecting the good conscience, and giving up the fight. Let's look over at Hebrews chapter 6. The first anchor. The first anchor for our faith is the anchor of hope. Hebrews chapter 6, the middle of verse 18, it says, We who have taken refuge would have strong encouragement to take hope of the hope set before us. Verse 19, this hope we have as an anchor of the soul, a hope both sure and steadfast and one which enters within the veil, where Jesus has entered as a forerunner for us, having become a high priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. Hope in the Lord will stabilize your soul. You know, when you're in the place of a storm, that's when your soul is being battered and when the temptation is just to give up and to throw everything out. But hope is what will bring stability into the soul. The Bible says that faith is the assurance of things that are hoped for. And so as we're keeping our mind and keeping our thoughts focused upon what God has said in His Word, the promises He has made, we'll keep that hope before us to keep our faith strong, right? Right? Because, see, faith and hope have to work together. Faith is like the balloon that holds <laughs> that holds it up, that keeps it going. It's that vision of what will be in the future is what keeps you moving forward. And so hope is something that is is necessary to bring stability into the soul, is to keep us looking for tomorrow and look, expecting God to come through, expecting to see some good things was, um, that will happen. Let's look over at Colossians chapter 2. The second anchor I have is the anchor of the Word of God. The anchor of the Word in Colossians 2, in verse 6. It says, Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him, having been firmly rooted, and now being built up in Him and established in your faith, just as you were instructed and overflowing with gratitude. See to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deception according to the tradition of men, according to the elementary principles of the world, rather than according to Christ. Firm rooting in Christ is also intended to anchor us. Jesus told the story about the wise man that built his house upon the rock, right? When he built upon the rock, it was strong. It was able to endure. And as we are building our lives upon the Word of God and holding on strong in faith, we're also going to survive the storms that we're in. The Word is our foundation. The Bible says in the last days that many people will fall away from the faith. That means there's there's going to be people who once trusted, who once believed, and now they have cast away and they become shipwrecked. You know, the thing is that faith is what's supposed to get us through hard times. That's what it is. I mean, some, I was talking to someone not too long ago, and we were talking about faith in the Lord. And what we said was, you know, how do people who don't have God make it? How do they get through the, the challenges of life, the hard things? How do they get through Well, you know, mostly they don't. Mostly they don't get through. And if you and I are not getting through, then this means that where is your anchor? An anchor is something that is meant to hold you in place, right? And when your soul is being tormented and buffeted and battered and you're feeling the emotions are going up and down and this and that, the anchor is what holds you there, is what holds you firm. So we can't be like these guys and just throw the anchors out. Got to hold on to them. Because this is what's going to get us through. Without getting shipwrecked. Some people. Fall away from faith. Because they're no longer listening to the voice of the good shepherd. No longer listening to the word of God. But instead they're listening to doctrines of demons. Instead they're listening to seducing spirits. They're listening to other voices. Uh, that may be coming through you know, humans. Or it may just be thoughts that are coming in the head. But they're hearing something that's contrary to what the scripture said. And so. They're falling away because what they're listening to. You know, the thing is, it's like it goes all the way back to the book of Genesis, and God spoke, and then here comes the devil and says to Eve, Has God spoken? Did God really say that? And that voice of accusation and raising that question always comes, and it's trying to get you to throw your anchor out. Instead, what we've got to do, like Paul told Timothy, hold on and say, It's going to be as God has said. I'm gonna hold fast. I will not cast away my confidence. I will hold on to his word. The Bible says that in uh that scripture that I just was referring to was from Hebrews 10.23. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. Let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds, not forsaking our own assembling together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. As we are coming together in regular, regular coming together and worshiping the Lord, we're able to encourage and strengthen one another. And we're hearing the word of God and it's anchoring faith because how does faith come? hearing the Word of God. So even when you're not particularly feeling strong, that means that's when you need to be there. You know, what does the devil want you to do? He wants you to stay home, go to bed, and pull the covers over your head, right? But that's not going to do anything to strengthen you. And the time when you are feeling the weakest is the time that you desperately need worship and the Word of God. That's exactly what you need. And the encouragement of other brothers and sisters. Wasn't it um, a few months ago, we were sharing. We had one of those meetings where, you know, everybody shared. And and the encouragement so many people took from just hearing that other people were overcoming similar, similar challenges and having similar types of things go on. But you know what? If you don't interact with people, you don't know what's going on. And you know what? We take comfort when we can talk to one another and share. You know, this is what's happening. This is how I overcame it. This is how I got through it. You know, and I'm praying for you. I believe you're going to pass your test. You're going to overcome as well. And so coming together is going, to, is going to build our confidence, not only in the Lord, but also in one another. Hallelujah. Praise God. You know, it's like it, it, also, it also comes to straighten you out because when you're in the middle of a storm and you're being battered and pushed in every side, when you come in, and here we are, and we enter into worship. And here we are, and the word comes out, and the prophetic ministry comes out, and then you're talking to people. You know what? If you if you have been wavering, that will straighten you right out. How many times doesn't the Holy Spirit use something that is said or done that puts a finger and gets you right back where you need to be? Isn't that right? Mm-hmm. The ministry of the Holy Spirit to come tailor. The whole service is individually tailor-made for each one of us by the Holy Spirit. And he is able to get you right back on track. And as um, um, Paul was sharing um, last week, he came in with an issue. had a major struggle he was having. But in the worship time, he said a stronghold got broken. Because, you see, it didn't happen when he was off by himself listening at home. It happened in the corporate anointing. And so I really want to encourage everybody. That's where the breakthrough is, is in the corporate anointing. Because, see, the, you know we're Americans. We like to be independent, right? Do everything our own way, and we, you know, whatever. But the thing is that there are, there are times that I can't get this at home by myself. I can't get this with just me and a CD player. There are times I need the corporate anointing to come together, and we actually aid and help one another connect with God. We really do. It's multiplied, right? The anointing is in the cluster. There was a scripture that talks about that, about the the anointing in the cluster. It's when everybody comes together and releases what they have, that this is what enables all of us to get further than we would by just on our own. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The love of money, Paul said in 1 Timothy 6.10, is a root of all sorts of evil. Some, by longing for it, have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. Do you know that the love of money will pull people away from church attendance and it will also stop them from tithing and giving because it'll be pursuit of riches to pursuit of money. And the thing is that he says right there that when that happens, people wander away from the faith, they wander. Well, if we're wandering off the course that the Lord has set for our lives, we might find ourselves shipwrecked on some rocks somewhere. So we want to stay on track in purpose and be accurate in our walk with the Lord. The next anchor is the anchor of confession of sin. The Bible says in 1 John three twenty one, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence before God. If our, if we have something in our lives that is condemning us, we know it's not right, then it's not we're not going to be in a position to really have our faith activated in a strong manner because there will be that condemnation that's coming in and saying, well, you know, you did this or you didn't do that. And, and so condemnation is going to come, and you're not going to have confidence towards the Lord. And so the Scripture says in 2 Timothy 2, verse 20... It says, now in a large house there are not only gold and silver vessels, but also vessels of wood and of earthenware, and some to honor and some to dishonor. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from these things, he'll be a vessel for honor, sanctified, useful for the master, and prepared for every good work. You know, it's not that the Lord cleanses us, it's that we cleanse ourselves. And so when the Holy Spirit has put his fingers on something that that we know that needs to be corrected in our lives, if we will cleanse ourselves from that, then we'll be a vessel of honor. If we'll put that thing away, and so what is as we put that away and we confess our sin, we pray and we confess our sin, then what happens to our confidence? Our confidence is back in God. Our faith is strengthened. So it, it also, without having that good conscience, You won't have any of these things hanging on, the voices of accusation coming at you. Well, you did this and you didn't do that. You see, you've got to hold on to faith, but you've got to hold on to a good conscience. How are you going to hold on to a good conscience if you've got sin in your heart? Right? You can't. So it's a matter of let's get it clean so that we can hold on to a good conscience and hold on to faith so that we're not going to be shipwrecked. The last anchor I have is the anchor of consistency. Hebrews eleven six says, Without faith it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. God is rewarding those who continually seek him. It's not that we used to seek him a long time ago. It's that we seek him now. Because the guys that start out on their ship, they start out good. You know, a lot of people start out good, but they don't wind up good. And that's the shame. And, it's, and it is avoidable. There are people who start out so well. How many of you have ever done that? You know somebody who started out so well. You haven't seen them in a long time. You go back and then it's like, what happened? What happened? You were doing so good. What happened to you now? It's because sometimes when we're getting busy, we get on with life, we start neglecting the things that keep us on track. You know, I was talking to um, I was talking to someone a couple years ago about. They had been through a real, real low time in their life, a real pit of just months of depression, and just basically didn't do anything but sit in front of the TV for ten hours a day, and just absolutely in a pit of depression. And I asked him, I said, "How'd you get out of it?" He says, "I just knew that I knew that I needed to read my Bible, I needed to pray." Even though it was dead, it was dry, it was dusty, I just had to do it. He says, I knew that it was good for me to do. And he says, one day, the light broke. It broke open, one day. Folks, what happens is when we get in trouble, a lot of times what we do is we let go of the things that will build life and hope and strength in us. And it's things like being in your Bible. It's things like prayer. It's things like church attendance and things like tithing and all those good Christian habits that you know, that you do them easily when things are going well. You have no problem with those things, those are great. But in times of trouble, understand we gotta be consistent and do the same thing over and over because we want to end up in a good place and not end up shipwrecked. And especially when you're in a storm and difficult things are going on, you want to strengthen and build your faith intentionally on purpose. And when the devil is trying to get you to throw away all your anchors with both hands, you go back to the scriptures. You go back to the scriptures. You go back to prayer. God, I confess my sin. I confess the sin of unbelief. I confess listening to this and that. Or I confess the mistakes I made or whatever that I did. But I'm going to get back and God, I'm going to choose to believe your word. Your promises are true. I will not cast away my confidence in who you are and in what you've said. This is what is going to anchor your soul and get you to a place of stability. There, you know, most Christians, most people in large, most people live out of their emotions. They absolutely live out of what they feel like doing, right? But you know what? You don't always feel like doing things that are good for you, that are healthy for you. But those are the things that will build your life. And, you know, I feel like that, that sometimes it's like if you've been a Christian for a while and you've been to church for a while... That we say, well, you know, I already know all that stuff. I already heard all that stuff. Yeah, but you might have learned it one time. But are you living it now? Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, I got, a, I got a stack of CDs at home that I did listen to. Couldn't tell you what's on a bunch of them right now. Because I'm not playing them right now. It's like, what's going on in your life right now? Right now, are you living the way that you said you were? You would a year ago, two years ago, five years ago, wherever you were with God. When you were at your place of strength, you were at a place of power, when things were going well, are you still doing the same things? You know, Let's don't get shipwrecked. Let's hold on to faith and hold on to a good conscience and fight the fight of faith. If you're in a good place right now and you're just getting a little bit slack with your good habits and you start dropping your good habits... Understand, shipwreck is coming. It may not be here in a week or two, but if we continually drop habits, then what's going to happen is we're going to set ourselves up to where we have finally let go of faith, let go of a good conscience, and wind up shipwrecked. Galatians 6, 9 says, Let us not lose heart in doing good, for in due time we will reap if we do not grow weary. If we don't grow weary. Because what happens when we grow weary? We give up. We let go. You say, well, I'm doing okay right now. I don't see a shipwreck in my future. But my habits are maybe not really good. Then it's time to form some good habits. Let's not get into legalism about it. You know, let's don't get in where well, you've got to read 40 chapters a day and you got to pray 10 hours. Let's don't get into legalism. But let's form some good habits, things that you know that will build you up. And especially, and if you're in a place of challenge right now, then your Bible reading needs to be on topics that are, that are germane to your situation right now. If you're going through a health issue, you need to be in the healing scriptures, right? In the gospels, watching Jesus heal left and right, left and right. Find what it is that will build faith on the inside of you and resupply. Because as your faith is being, is being released, you know what? You want that thing to grow strong. You, it's gonna, it, sometimes it takes a beating out there. You know, the shield of faith gets beat up sometimes from the attacks of the enemy. But we want to come and to take care of the shield of faith by building up strong in the Word of God and becoming utterly convinced that God is not a man that he should lie and what he has spoken is the truth. And he will get me through. And I will not get shipwrecked. And I'll not cast away my confidence. I'll not throw away my faith. Hallelujah. I want you to stay on track. And that's going to be from, from that consistent, regular, daily We're in this, regular all the time. I regularly tithe. I regularly confess my sin. I regularly fellowship with the saints and regularly attend worship and regularly all these things to where this is just part of your life, just like you regularly brush your teeth. You regularly do these things over and over again and to keep us on track. Because you know what? Even as the word came tonight, the season that you're in right now is going to pass. And if you're in a really good season right now, that one's going to pass too. Hey, y'all, that's life. I mean, it is, isn't it? That's life. If you're in a really good season, I mean, it's like, you know, we expect in the natural realm, we expect that some more storms are coming, right? We'll probably get some good thunderstorms here in the next few months, right? So we anticipate those things are going to be coming. And so what are we doing right now? Right now, building faith, building strong, because time is coming when there's going to be a challenge to it. Hallelujah. I want us to pray. Father, I ask you, Lord God, I pray for every one of us, Lord, that we would hold faith and a good conscience, that we would fight the fight of faith, that there not be a single one of us, Lord God, who would cast away their confidence, and that, Lord, that we would not become weary in doing good. Father, I pray right now, I ask you, Lord God, to forgive us. To forgive us, Lord, for getting weary. Forgive us, Lord God, for listening to the other voices instead of listening to what you have said. Instead of putting your voice top priority, Lord, we've believed other voices and the pressure that they have put into us. So, Lord God, I ask you, Lord, that you would forgive us for that. But, Father, we also know that you are a rewarder of those who seek you. And so, Lord God, we choose to seek you. We choose to seek your word, your face. We need your strategy. We need your direction. We seek you, Lord God. Father, I ask, Lord God, for every one of us, Lord, that you give us the grace to develop and keep good habits. That, Lord God, that we're not making excuses for ourselves. God, you know the truth. You know where it is. We ask you, Lord God, to help us to form good habits and to stay consistent so that we can stay on the right path and to be firmly anchored in every storm, in every situation. Father, I also ask that you would help us, Lord, to be there for one another. To be there, Lord God, to encourage, to pray, to do whatever we can to be a blessing to one another. And, Father, I ask you, Lord, also that, that everybody who is hurting, everybody who is in pressure and difficulty right now, that, Lord, they would find refuge here in this group of people. That, Lord, that they would find comfort, encouragement, strength, help in this group of people. But thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Lord God, be glorified. Be glorified, Lord God, what the enemy has meant for destruction, Lord. Turn it for our good. Be glorified, Lord God, as we pass our test, as we hold on strong to faith, and as we watch you, Lord, demonstrate that you are covenant-keeping, faithful God. Hallelujah. May you be glorified, Lord God, in every victory that we obtain, in every battle, Lord God, where you are, uh, you are victorious, you are triumphant, Lord, that you you give us the victory, hallelujah, be glorified in the midst of all that. Father, we bless you tonight, we bless you, Lord God, and I pray, Lord God, that we would also have hearts to be open and responsive <coughs> to the voices of wisdom and spiritual perception and insight. God, if, if, You're trying to send a message of warning to us and we're not hearing it. I ask you, Lord God, to give us grace to hear again. Give us grace to receive and to not think that we know better or trust in ourselves, but God, that we would heed every voice of wisdom and insight that you send to us. Thank you for joining us. For more information about Destiny Spirit Church or additional teaching CDs or training events, please visit our website at www.destinyspirit.com or you can write to us at Destiny Spirit Church, P.O. Box 15252, Chesapeake, Virginia, 23328. Thank you.